Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Again, not necessarily the world of sports today. Football. Back to our roots. You OG listeners with the uh, Ben and Chris Talk Football, the way we started out, are, uh, are going to be happy about that. Uh, just not a whole lot going on in uh, baseball, basketball, hockey. Um, so we're we're... We're sticking with the NFL because there is a ton of stories. In fact, there's so much, you're not even going to hear us talking about the playoffs today. Well, why is that? Because we only go once a week. We're only a once-a-week podcast now. So if we don't talk about it now, the first round's already going to be done by the time we talk about it. Except we decided to make an exception this week. Uh, ben came to me. Maybe we should do two this week. I agreed. So much to talk about as far as just everything from coaching changes to player you know, potentially swapping teams and being cut, released, a whole bunch of stuff we're going to get into. We couldn't give that or the playoffs the proper attention it deserves and really get into detail. So we decided we're going to do a second episode, which will release Friday morning. We're going to do a whole other episode just on the playoffs and our end of season awards, MVP, coach of the year, comeback player of the year. So we're going to bring that to you as a, a bonus episode. But let's, let's, let's get into it. Uh, there is... So much. I, we actually went two pages with this rundown, which is something we haven't done in quite some time. Uh, we're going to try to keep this at a respectable length, but uh, you know, we, we don't want to cut anything short either. So we're just we're going to go until we just think that we've we've you know discussed everything enough. First thing, there is a lot of pissed off Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of pissed off New York Giants players, fans, the media is in a tizzy. Everyone's all upset. And you know what? Lane Johnson's still having fun. Lane Johnson must be having a great time because <laughs> they won their one. So he's happy now. He's good. He, he's good. He, he stole my line. Um, no, I mean, we, we <laughs> I guess, well, I don't guess it happened. I was watching it. The other night, the Eagles playing the Washington football team. If Washington won, they won a division. A very poor NFC East, but nonetheless, it's still a division win and a playoff home game. And. The Giants were watching because had the Eagles beat the football team, uh, I still find it weird trying to fit that into regular sentences. <laughs> Any football team? No, the football team. No, right. the, the football team. If the football team lost, the one from Washington, then the Giants, by virtue of the fact they won against the Cowboys earlier in the day, would have been a division winner at 6-10. and 10. Uh, the Giants won. The Cowboys did what they do best. Completely flopped a week after looking really good. And Doug Peterson, head coach for the Eagles, decided about halfway through the third quarter, down by three, that uh, they were they were going to take out Jalen Hurts and put in what's his name, Brandon Suffield, Nate Suffield, Nate Suffield. I don't even know his damn name. I don't that's think it's great. That's, that's some good journalism right there. Uh, yeah, and. Um, you know, it, it was pretty clear to everybody watching, the announcers, the fans, anybody who knows the game of football, uh, what they were trying to do. They were playing for nothing. If they won, they got the ninth pick. If they lost, they got the sixth pick. Uh, the Eagles are going to get the sixth pick now. They lost the game uh, very handily. They said the reason was they wanted to see what they had in Suffield. Okay. Uh, but the only problem with that is... Uh, <laughs> Doug Peterson may not be around to see what he has in Mr. Suffield because I, 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 he hasn't been axed yet. But I, I don't, I don't see him coaching Philly next year. 
So there's layers here, Chris. It was a lot there. There's layers. There's a lot to unpack on so, this one. So, so I read a report today that Jalen Hurts got injured during the Dallas game, but was never on the injury report for this week. So I don't know if there's any rumors or whispers trying to come out of Philadelphia to to lay claim that he was pulled for for you know protection because there was nothing to play for. I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts needs as much time as he possibly can. My argument for that is you don't know what the uh, training camp is going to be like. You don't know what the OTAs are going to be like. You need every snap with Jalen Hurts in game to see what you got. Nate Sudfeld uh, is not that important. You, you, you want to treat him like the old, you know, varsity senior who hasn't had a snap in the entire his entire collegiate career, and you just want to say, go out and take a couple snaps there, big guy. You earned it. This is professional football. We don't just award. No, Ben. No, it's the Eagles. They have fun. They have fun. I apologize for the Eagles trying to have fun. Just ask Lane Johnson. Well, maybe we should ask uh, uh, Miles Sanders, who said nobody was on the board on board with the quarterback switch. No, I guarantee you Jalen Hurts wasn't either. No, and and I would, I am venturing to guess that Nate Sudfeld was probably a surprise as well. They probably thought they were messing with him when they were like, hey, Sudfeld, grab your helmet. You're going in. He's looking at the scoreboard like, what? We're, we're playing our hated division rival down by a three, and you're going to put me in? Coach, are you sure you want to do this? Like, and, I don't – oh, man. And and, and the, the point to stick it to your rival, and I'm referring to the, the Giants in this instance, doesn't hold water because, no. as you just said, they're also facing – their other division rival. Like, all four of these teams have zero love loss between them, which is atypical for a division. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so I think that all, that that argument holds zero water if anyone tries to make it. Well, they've tried to make it, and everybody, every look, I don't have a problem with the Eagles not putting their best foot forward to try to win this game. I really don't. My, my, my problem is the way they did it. Like, you can – the Jacksonville Jaguars, once the Jets won, mm-hmm. you knew the why the Jaguars started Mike Lennon instead of uh, Gardner Minshew. Right. Look, Minshew is not Absolutely. Peyton Manning. Absolutely. But Minshew's a gunslinger, and if you get him on hot on a certain day – Oh, he's going to light it up? He's going to light it up. He's going to throw for 350 and a couple of touchdowns, especially with some of the receivers they have. And they knew that, and they were like, we're not taking a chance of him getting hot and winning the game for us. We want Trevor Lawrence. We're gonna we're gonna bench this guy and put in Mike Lennon. That's you're securing your future right there. Absolutely, you know Mike Lennon sucks. And you know what? Even if people know it, they did it in a way that wasn't that didn't didn't crap on the game, didn't crap on the opponent, didn't crap on the players. They're gonna they're gonna find Minshew a nice nice home next year to go compete for a starting job somewhere. Probably won't get it, but they're gonna give him a chance. Although I still think he's better than he gets credit for. Mm-hmm. With awesome. the with the right coach, he could develop into something. He could. Um, I, it's the way that they, they, Jalen Hurts is not a star yet. You're you're not preserving your star. No. It's not like, it's not like Aaron Rodgers was injured and came back for the last three games for the Packers. And they decided after the the first half to take him out. Cause you know, we know you're a future. We know you're the guy. We know what we have in you. 
We got you a couple of snaps. Now we, we're not playing for nothing. Get sit on the bench. The Steelers did that. The Steelers rested their players. But they 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 <clears throat> won. It was almost like I think it was almost like when we got off last week. It was almost announced the night. I think it was either that night or next morning. Oh right, no, no, and I'm not saying the Steelers did anything wrong whatsoever. No, 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 they, no, want, no. they want to rest their they want to rest their stars. They've had enough injuries this year. They want to make sure they're they have their older or banged up players at full strength, and they still damn near beat the Browns. So, you know, I, there's so many ways you can do it if you choose to not start your best for whatever reason, whether it be to make sure you're healthy in the playoffs, to make sure you secure your future like Jacksonville did. The fact that he just they went down by ten. They went down by two touchdowns even going into the fourth. And he's like, yeah, you know what? We're, we're not going to have our guys playing their ass off and get hurt for next year. He could, even if that's an excuse, just to get three picks higher in the draft. Doug Peterson could make that and nobody could question him. But the fact that they had good field position down by three. Hertz had not been passing well. People keep making that excuse. Jalen Hurts was really struggling. He'd already had two rushing touchdowns. He was running all over the Washington football team. He had 72 passing yards, yes, but he was rushing the ball like a madman. Boston Scott wasn't looking too bad. They're starting running back that game for the Eagles. The offense was moving. They were doing okay. And he just decides, nope, Nate Suffield's coming in. Healthy Jalen Hurts standing on the sideline. It's obvious to the world what you're doing. I don't have a problem with you doing that. That's what you want to do. If, if, if Hurts was injured during the, during the Cowboys game, and you say, you know what? We believe he's our future. We're not even taking a chance. Suffield starting. We're not playing for nothing. Nope. We're not doing and, that. And you do that beginning of the week. Yes. Just like the Pittsburgh Steelers do. That um, you don't have this uproar. This 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 toxic venom going towards the Eagles from many different angles. The Giants are under the realization that okay. Um, our, our hopes of making the playoffs rest on Nate Suffeld. Maybe they don't win their game because they're just they're just understanding that they're going to lose no matter what. Maybe they win it. But at least they know going into that Sunday, the Eagles are going to start Nate Suffeld. And our odds of winning are our odds of making the playoffs are very reduced. And the and the Washington football team is going to that game, licking their chops, knowing full well what they're looking at. And I just think you don't have to do this. You don't have to reveal your game plan and reveal who's playing. No. But the way you did it, and maybe you can get some and and, and here's what well, here's you do have to reveal who's playing. But but here's here's where uh, Doug Peterson could have avoided some stuff if he could have got some feedback from his players as soon as he announced uh, that Nate Seifeld was not starting that maybe he would have got some pushback and saying what, what what are we doing here why are we why are we playing Nate over Jalen Hurts and maybe I don't know if their position would have changed but at least it's a week of of hearing this instead of one full day because as you pointed out uh, before we started recording the likelihood of Doug Peterson making it to the NFL draft with that six pick is how much? Yeah, 
he did a lot to lose his team, which was already kind of on thin ice as it is, because, you know, do we want to see what Nate Suffield had excuse doesn't hold water because Carson Wentz was a steaming pile of dog crap at quarterback for four months, uh, not four months, three months. Yeah. 12 weeks for the first 12 weeks of the season. He was terrible. Everyone was calling for Jalen hurts. And that usually happens. You get, you know, you get the quarterback struggling. The, the rookie comes in, he challenges the start or whatever. So fine. It took you 12 weeks to realize you start Jalen hurts. Hurts comes in. Upsets the, the New Orleans Saints, first game in. You know, doesn't do quite as well his next two games. He struggles a little bit more. That's going to happen. He's still a rookie, despite all his athletic athletic, all of his athletic abilities. Mm-hmm. Still a rookie. So now, after three and a half weeks, the guy that you're kind of pinning as your franchise guy, because you've burned that bridge with Carson Wentz. I don't care what he says. You've burned that bridge with Carson Wentz. You may not, you may not be able to get rid of him, but you still burned it. Now we're gonna well we we got to put him on the bench. We got to see what Nate Sudfeld has in a three point game with uh, you know our hated rivals could potentially win the division on a, on the line. Just doesn't make any sense. There's no logic here to this. Where's Peterson's the trust, decision. Where's the trust now? It hurts to Peterson. It, you know it's it's not here's the thing. It's, I think it's more with the rest of the team. Okay. I think it's more with the veteran players because here's the thing. If you tell them that going in and you say, look guys, we can just treat this game like a walkthrough. Like, I'm not coaching to win where we want that six-pick. Be honest with you guys. Can't say it to the media. Right. Can't leave the clubhouse. But you can say that to his guys. They're going out there. They're professionals. They have pride. I know I joke a lot with the Eagles. and oh, we're having fun because Lane Johnson's a big mouth. But legitimately, those are guys. There's a lot of talented veterans on that team that are going to go out there and they're going to play their ass off the entire game. If they end up getting hurt, in a game that Doug Peterson doesn't take seriously, that injury doesn't just evaporate after the game because Doug Peterson was honestly really trying. You know, you have guys going out there busting their ass because they are assuming you're coaching to win with their best interest in mind. And he didn't do that. That's why he lost them. I don't think it's because he wanted a better pick. They weren't playing for anything. If he if he trades, if they had a chance to win a division and go to the playoffs and he wanted to trade that for the sixth pick, I completely understand players being outraged. That wasn't the case. They would have understood. Hey, look, we're not playing for nothing. Let's just go out there and whatever. It's not what you want from professionals. It's the exact thing J.J. Watt was complaining about a few weeks ago, and justifiably so. Right. But it's how the game goes. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts blew an entire season so they could get Andrew Luck after Peyton Manning left. We all know they did it. But they didn't make it so blatantly obvious it was disrespectful to the game or the opponent. This was. Doug Peterson's lost that team. <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's just absurd. N- there's no way. After Miles Sanders came out and said p- players did not like the switch, you had a, a defensive player uh, have a conversation with Doug Peterson during the game, supposedly. You had multiple defensive players wanting to go have a conversation with Doug Peterson about this switch. It's just, it was a bonehead decision by Doug Peterson to make this switch in the third quarter of a game at the end of the season against your rival. And your excuse was you wanted to get Nate Sudfeld some snaps. 
to get a look at Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld is not going to push the meter next year on whether you're going to make the playoffs or not. That's Jalen Hurts. That's Miles Sanders. It's all the guys you pissed off. Yeah, and it's a lot of the guys you didn't play. Miles yeah. Sanders didn't play yesterday. Deshaun Jackson didn't play. Fletcher Cox didn't play. There's a lot of players that did not play. So you already were going into this game without some of your best players. No one would have said anything if you said, hey, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, tweaked his hamstring in the Dallas game. We're monitoring him. We're going to see how it goes out for uh, Monday and, and Tuesday, see how treatment is. And if you come in Tuesday and it, it's not a 100%, then we're going to go with Nate Sudfeld. And there's your out right there. You could say, well, you're 99.9%. Yeah, but Jalen, we're going to sit you out this week. And teams do that all the time when there's right. nothing to play for. The Patriots did that with Edelman. Edelman was eligible to come off IR two weeks ago, and they were like, there's no need to rush him back. We're right. not in playoff contention. We'll just, we're going to let him heal up some more and get better, and we'll see him next year. That happens all the time. There's nobody, nobody would have batted an eye. Nobody would have cared. But the way he did it, he made it so obvious. This just goes back to what I said. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with the ghost of the team he inherited, mm-hmm. and he does not know how to handle it ever since. That team has drastically declined, regardless of who they bring in, no matter what he does. He, he, he got by, he won a Super Bowl on the back of an outstanding offensive line and a great running game, and a quarterback who went on one of the greatest hot streaks in NFL history and, I mean, Nick Foles must have sold his soul to the devil for that awesome. run. He had to have because he has never touched that level of competence ever again. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the only thing I will say, again, before we move on to other Eagles news, it is not all about the Eagles, we promise, but there was quite a few things there today. Only thing I will say is all these – and I'm not talking about fans. Fan, fans are going to complain. Fans are going to be upset. The fans aren't responsible for any of this. They're just watching their team, cheering for their team. So this isn't towards anybody who's a fan. The Giants players need to stop crying. Golden Tate. Uh, God knows how many. I think Evan Ingram, I think a bunch of them went on and pissed and moaned and cried. This is terrible. Joe Judge, first-year uh, coach, former Patriots special teams coordinator, first-year coach for the Giants, went out. I, you would never see me do that as long as I'm the coach of the Giants. Bro, well, let me tell you something, buddy. You won six games. So you keep doing that, you ain't going to be head coach of the Giants for too much longer anyways. So it's not going to be a deep concern after another two or three years of this crap. Win more than six games. Don't be completely incompetent. Teach your players to actually catch passes thrown to them by, uh, by uh, uh, what's his name, Daniel? Uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Can't remember Jones. How did I remember? How did I remember Jones? My God. Teach Daniel Jones to not trip over his own feet at the 10-yard line when no one's in front of him or behind him. Like, your team could have done so much more to win more than six games in that pathetic division. So, I don't feel bad for the Giants at all. Maybe show up more than six out of 17 weeks. All right, six out of 16 weeks. One week's your bye week. And you might have had a chance. So, I don't feel bad for the Giants at all. They, they had this in their hands 10 times. 10 times they could have made a difference, and they lost. That's on them. This is coming from a guy whose whose favorite team only won seven games. So it's not the fact you it's not the fact you didn't make it. It's the fact you didn't make it, and you're blaming somebody else. 
like the Eagles are responsible for helping you get in because you could only manage to win six games. Get out of here. And what's, and what's funny is um, supposedly Joe Judge uh, last night, uh, last night, last night or the night uh, after the uh, the swarm of giant players coming out on social media, he apparently put you know the kibosh on anyone doing any more of it and trying to clean it up. And then he comes out in his press conference and and basically what you said that just acting like a a petulant child is it's not really the bigger thing would have been to say you know what we put ourselves in this position to rely on another team we need to be better and we need yep. to move on and that's what he should have done and i i have no sympathy for any giants fans i'm sorry you can you can complain all you want. No, the fans. I don't blame the fans. The fans are going to complain. The fans aren't making decisions on the field. How many times this year did you and I watching the Patriots go? What the hell was with that call? What are you doing? I don't blame the fans. It's the players that get me. And I can I can point out. I'm just looking real quick, and we'll finish off. There's two games against two division rivals. You lost three points to the Cowboys earlier in the season. And midway through the season, you lost by one point to those Philadelphia Eagles. There's at least one win right there. Yeah. And, and you could if, have had. If, if Dougie Peterson would have made a move earlier on Jalen Hurts, maybe one of those games is a win. Well, you know what? It, it's okay. Because they won their Super Bowl and they're having fun. So, Lane Johnson's going to get to kazoos and the party hats and they're going to have themselves a good time in Philly. No one else is going to have a good time in Philly. Who's that? Carson Wentz, because he's going to make about $35 million to watch Jalen Hurts play football. <laughs> Aren't they going to trade him, Chris? Uh, supposedly. Again, this isn't verified. This isn't from Wentz's mouth himself, because players who want to be traded very seldom ever come out and say they want to be traded. Uh, because, you know, the whole politicking thing. Right. Supposedly, uh, Wentz has become very toxic in the Eagles locker room and has demanded he be traded after the season. Again, I don't know Carson Wentz. We can't confirm this. But there's a lot of different sources from a lot of different angles all saying the same thing. He wants out of there. He thinks he's a starting quarterback. And he, I mean, he very well could be for another team. The only problem is I believe he's on the second year of his extension, his massive extension. He is about to finish his second year of his extension. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, technically, they're not playing any more games, so he's done with his second year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if the Eagles cut him for the next, for next year, they have a massive cap hit, which you're, you'd have to, there's just no, they can't do it because they would, they're already under the cap as it is or over. Yeah. And with the reduced cap next season, they would have to cut such a massive quantity of players. I think the only two they'd have left would be Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. And the following season would also be a hell of a cap hit. It's 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 painful no matter what. It's almost sixty next year for the yeah, or for the next two years combined for the next to to if they cut him next season will be sixty million dead. Sixty cap. million dead. There's cap. just no way. Now it there's goes, no way any team would do that. Into twenty twenty two, it goes to twenty four, which is a lot better, but still it's still that's twenty four million dollars you could be putting towards your team. It's painful. It, it just tells you 
They were scared. What they the reason why they signed Carson Wentz to this contract was they were scared of Dak Prescott, what he was going to potentially get because he took it. Dak's taking it all the way to the end. And if you think, if you're out there and you think Dak Prescott lost any money when he got injured, he gained money. He he, he gained money. He gained so much money. The owner of the Cowboys came out and said. Dak Prescott has the leverage. He sure does. A 6-10 and 10 te- season by the Dallas Cowboys where Amari Cooper had his normal season, and I know it wasn't great, Chris, but if you look at the numbers, it's his normal season. Yeah, it's Amari Cooper, though. Zeke Elliott, down season. You didn't see enough of CeeDee Lamb to, to see what he is. What you saw was promising, though. Oh, yeah. But – same with you, Joey Gallup. You saw promise, especially when Dak was in there. Yeah. So the future hinges on whether or not Jerry Jones is willing to give him that money. And that's why the Eagles thought, we got to go all in on, on Carson because he's going to be the answer. And the beginning of the end, I hate to tell the Eagles this, was when you drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Everybody kind of knew that, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, this isn't even one of those things where I'm saying after the fact, like hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Everybody on every sports broadcast, every pundit, every amateur, every podcast, everybody said the way after after uh, um, Wentz performed last season. I know the numbers statistically kind of lined up, but it was just the way you watched him on the field. He was not right. Said they didn't draft Jalen Hurts. To have a Drew Brees, Taysom Hill kind of nope. change it up at quarterback thing. There's no way they did that. They drafted Jalen Hurts because they do not have confidence in Carson Wentz. And of course, you know, the Eagles, look, people can criticize the Eagles for denying that, but they have to deny that. You know, Carson Wentz has to deny he knows that. Jason Hurts, maybe that's his cousin. Jalen Hurts has to deny that he knows that. That's how that's how the game's played. But we all knew it. We could see it. Now. It's a little bit different, I think, in like a Green Bay with an Aaron Rodgers and a Jordan Love. I don't really know what the end game is there. I know what the Packers probably thought it was before this season. But after the year Rodgers had, and we'll, we'll get to that on our bonus episode. After the year Rodgers had, I don't know what they're thinking now. But, God, man, like, this is the worst possible thing. Like, the Eagles are probably saying, if they don't, if they, they didn't have Wentz. They didn't sign him to that massive extension. They signed him to something more respectable. They could be going into this offseason with the option to trade him or just cut him and take a minor hit and then rebuild that team. They need a lot of help at some key areas. Not that they don't have talent there, but they have some older players. They have some frequently injured players. I mean, Deshaun Jackson and uh, oh God, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Those two, I mean, they they are, look, fully healthy, as talented as you've probably seen in, in many, many years. They're just never healthy anymore. Jalen Rager looks good. Javis Fogum looks like a diamond in the rough. Uh, Ward Jr. looks really good. I think they have the receivers now. Oh, yeah. They have the they have the talent. They have talent at key areas. They need some supplementary pieces, but you can't even afford that if you take a $60 million cap hit. And there's not a team in the league. That, no. That is going to take on Carson Wentz's contract. No. 
There's nobody. For what he showed. There's nobody. The Eagles are going to have to take, if they're going to trade him at all, they're going to have to take on a good portion of that contract and work something out as far as that goes. I don't even know what that would entail. Otherwise, I'd be working in an NFL front office and not doing a podcast. But there is a lot the Eagles have got to figure out. And I think they added finding a new head coach onto that headache. And if they don't fire Peterson, it's strictly because they don't want that headache this offseason. It's it's going to be a rough few months for Eagles fans. I think they're, the only glimmering hope is... Lane Johnson having fun? No, not that. Oh. The number six pick. That's that's the only glimmering hope. And what would really... They draft a quarterback. Eagles fans are going to kick their TV through I, the wall. Honestly, honestly, I don't know what would be worse. <laughs> drafting a quarterback or drafting an uh, interior offense alignment. Either way... The Eagles fans will just be up in arms because. But an offensive lineman would make sense. It would, but it's not that sizzle. Like, we're Patriots fans. We're used to Bill just. Oh, oh, the the twentieth pick. Oh, you traded down to the thirty second pick and you got an offensive lineman. Okay, that's that's par for the course. We're yeah, just, first couple of years was kind of a surprise, and then you're like Logan Mankins. Yeah, and then he went on to you know make like eight Pro Bowls. So right. it worked out pretty good. So so we're it's ingrained. Whereas Philadelphia fans, they they want a little system. They want a little, you know, spice to their pick. You know, there are a couple good receivers out there that would be like, Ooh, I don't I don't think they need them, but there's a couple of receivers. There's some nice corners that maybe they could reach on if they really wanted to. But Eagles fans, remember this. The last time in your first round pick had a lot of sizzle and spice and unexpected to it, you got Carson Wentz. <laughs> Maybe you should be happy with a quote mundane offensive lineman I, I, that can help you help you help Miles Sanders stay healthy, help Jalen Hurts stay healthy, allow your quarterback to actually have time to get the receivers the ball. Uh I know I know that's not what you were saying. No, but but, but I mean like well, you know, and that's kinda how I started thinking about it too. It's like all right, when we drafted Kyle Duggar in the second round after trading our first round pick this past draft, I was like, all right, Belichick's got to see something in this kid. No, we didn't see him on the field for like 10 weeks. And I'm like, what the hell? And then you saw him play, and it's like, oh, okay. okay. All right, there's a reason he took a Division two kid over was Xavier McKinney, who I was so high on. Like, Xavier McKinney. There's a reason um, all the, above all those guys. And it's like, okay. Well, the kid that went to – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's, it names escape me right now. Uh, Woodfield? Yeah. Antoine yeah. Winfield's Winfield uh, looks really good, though. He looked good. But, yeah, and Kyle Duggar was a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> like, physically bigger. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I see the end result, I think, by the end of February, uh, before free agency starts, you're going to see Wentz will be gone. And Doug Peterson will be gone. How Wentz is gone, I'm not sure. These fun offices figure out some way to make the money work and get under that 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 cap number. But I don't I don't think he'll be in, in Philadelphia. I just don't. And I don't think Doug, Doug Peterson's not gonna survive this. It is that it it is just that bad of a situation. Yeah, it's really bad. And how it, it and it all culminated culminated from Sunday. It, it before that it I mean Doug Peterson was probably secure in his job. See there've been whispers before that cuz the owner was not happy with him. So yeah, he was probably secure. He's probably secure but, though. Yeah. He probably was like, "Okay, 
we see what we're doing with Jalen. Maybe we should make some moves, you know, uh, add some pieces in the draft and, and have a better season. But after this, I just don't think – I think uh, the GM's fine, but I don't think Doug Peterson's going to make it. All right, let's let's move on. We had uh, probably the least hyped uh, attempt at a record that I can remember in a long, long time this past Sunday. Derrick Henry, the all-world running back. And, hey, I was wrong about this guy. I thought he was a bust halfway through last season, but he really turned it on. Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards this season. 2,000, I think it was 2,057. Ended up getting 250 yards the other day against a very, very uh, porous uh, uh, buh, Texans now uh, defense. Being, now you're being nice. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of defenses that aren't porous that Derrick Henry still battery you know, rams <laughs> right through. So uh, he has victimized more than one person this year at that stiff arm. That is just – it's it's video game-like. Uh, I mean, this guy – is not much in a receiving game. But if you want to talk about a back who can just take over a game, and, I mean, he 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 carried them to the AFC Championship game last year, and I'm convinced that had they stuck with him, the Chiefs still may have won, but the Titans would have had a far better chance than putting it on Tannehill's arm. Right. Uh, not, not that the Tannehill's been bad. I'm not trying to bag on Tannehill. He's been far better than I thought he would be. They got but a nice, you know they, what? They got a nice system going down there in Tennessee for sure. But you know what stirs the drink, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's one of the reasons I could not believe they would sign Tannehill and keep uh, Derrick Henry on the franchise contract going into the season. And they they were smart enough not to. They saw that too, and they're like, eh, you know what? We we got the cap room. Let's let's just lock this guy up. Uh, I mean, he becomes only the eighth player ever. Wow. Eighth player ever Ow. to go for 2,000 yards. The others, O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, the great Barry Sanders. The great. Terrell Davis, Jamal Lewis, uh, fellow Tennessee Titan, Chris Johnson, and current, still current NFL player, Adrian Peterson. Uh, I mean, most of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Uh, Chris, Chris Johnson, Johnson is not. And I don't think he will. Jamal Lewis is not. Quite honestly, I think Terrell Davis only is because of the two Super Bowls. Uh, it's nothing against those guys. Look, running backs have short lifespans. Uh, as far peaks, as the game goes, not, right, not in right. real life. His peaks were were peaks. Right. Oh, yeah. Terrell Davis took over the game for a good two, three-year stretch. And then after Elway left, he came back that following season. He could not do – he couldn't – You'd watch this guy run through defensive lines. And he came back the following season. It's like this guy couldn't run a yard and a half. Right. Because he just, I mean, 2,000 yards takes so much out of you. Derek Henry ran the ball over 350 times this year. That's insane. He's not going to have a long career. He's not done yet either. No, no, exactly. He's, he's still got at least one more game. I, I, you know, we'll get to that in our playoff prediction yeah. show. But I mean, this, this guy, look. Dominant running backs like this are like shooting stars. You enjoy them while they're there. You admire them. Um, and, and then, you know, you remember them fondly when they're gone. Pe- guys like Frank Gore, who never ran for 2,000, but has just been steady over the years. Guys like Adrian Peterson, who's been steady and, and fairly healthy, right. uh, with the exception of his, you know, his ACL year and a few other, you know, I think he had one other year where actually he went out in the fourth game, his last year with the Vikings. So, I mean... You you have your your outliers who can have 10, 12, even you know, even longer careers. But most guys, I mean, you you three to five, six, seven, maybe. 
Well, think of Sean Alexander's it was 1800 yard season. Yeah. And and how quick was that drop off? Jamal was, Jamal Anderson for the Falcons. Oh uh, yeah. Guys like Priest Holmes, uh Larry Johnson, two guys who killed it for the Chiefs. I mean, you have two or three really dominant years. And usually have a couple building up to that right. and a couple declining from that. Like LT is probably the one of the few like LT is an outlier. Yeah. There's there's yep. and that's LT as in Ladinian Tomlinson. And which is why he, he deservedly so is in the, the Hall of Fame. But it's I, I, I don't I don't think Derrick Henry has many more years left. Cause your point. He's put so many so many Tre- the tread on his tires is just getting worn down over such a short amount of time. And and thinking back to to Alabama, you know, he did get a Heisman. They don't put a lot of mileage on, on their running backs. Either. You usually got four All-Americans in the backfield at once. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't have to. Which is why you see, you know, in a four- or five-year stretch, you'll see a high second, low first-round running backs from Alabama come right. out. Uh, I mean, you got Derrick Henry, and and up in New England we have Damian Lewis, uh, Damian um, Harris, and obviously Heisman Trophy winner in Baltimore with the uh, Mark Ingram, all Alabama players, all different times, and those are just the three off the top of my uh, head. Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake's Alabama, uh, T.J. Yeldon, who's yep. still playing with the Buffalo Bills, I believe. Like and those guys played at the same time, right? Those this guys is, were in the backfield with with Derrick Henry. Um. T.J. Yeldon, yes. Um, Kenyon Drake was, I believe, afterwards. I saw a picture the other day, and all three of them were lined up. And they said, These okay, guys okay. Back the might have been one year. It might have been, might have been um, Kenyon Drake's freshman year. Yeah. Or, but it's still, it's still, it's like it's just like the Georgia running backs, Chubb, uh, Sony Michelle, and um, um, uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. It's just like all three at once in the same in the same team. Yeah, was, that's, that's absurd. Obviously, Swift was younger, but the 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 the, the former two, uh, like it, it's insane. And and I just look at it to get back to Derrick Henry. It's a great honor hitting two K because it doesn't happen. And I'm gonna accentuate that point, Chris. We discussed this. You know who's number two on the list this year? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. He who missed two won, games. Who won people fantasy leagues, by the way. Right. He killed it this year. And he missed two games. Obviously, sorry for his loss, which is why he didn't play this uh, this weekend. And I believe he in, he played 14 games. Oh, what so, happened? What happened on this weekend? Uh, his father, I believe. Oh, I know. That's terrible. That's awful. Because his brother. Sorry to hear that. His brother was supposed to play in a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, who's, I believe he's with, um, I want to say it's either, it's an SEC team. So it's either Georgia. Or I don't think it's Florida State. Um, God, I don't remember which school is. But his brother's, um, I think, a junior in a right. uh, Power Five conference. They both had to not be able to play because their father passed away, unfortunately. Oh, condolences for sure. That's that's, that's terrible. So two games with a guy averaging 111 yards probably would have pushed. But after that, Jonathan Taylor is number three with just under 1,200 yards. I said this about Jonathan Taylor. That kid is a beast. He'll when, be good. When, yeah, when he yeah he stays healthy, when you know with that Colts offensive line, when they get a little bit more of a competent quarterback in there, who the defense has to fear a little bit more. Absolutely. Oh my God. There are some outliers. You know, Nick Chubb missed four games, but 
I mean, how much we talked about David Montgomery and how disappointing he was this year. He was he was fifth with a thousand yards. Well, we did say David Montgomery's issue was quarterback play. Yes. Not David Montgomery's talent. No, David, no, Montgomery, has David, David Montgomery, Montgomery has talent. Get a better quarterback. Yeah, and he'll, and he'll be he'll be just fine. It, it just tells you where the running backs are, and obviously we had a few go down and not. You know, CMC was down. Saquon Barkley. Zeke didn't have the season he should have had. Obviously, Nick Chubb just barely got a thousand yards. Josh Jacobs was. We like him. But he just isn't fully healthy all the time. No, and and that's going to be the problem. And so that's that's a lot. That's a problem with a lot of running backs. They're just. It's hard for them to consistently stay healthy each and every year. Maybe Derrick Henry is an outlier. He's a big back. And when that speed, when his speed does start to go away, the, getting that engine going, even if he's a big guy, getting that engine going, getting downhill, that's what makes him dangerous. The only thing I'll say, yeah, the thing I'll say about Derrick Henry, and I completely, we're on the same page here as far as the short lifespan, as far as, you know, games go and, and the careers go for running backs. I have never seen anybody manhandle defenders and just be an absolute beast when it comes to just mowing people over like Derrick Henry. Maybe Derrick Henry's an outlier too. Yeah. Uh, if Derrick Henry, look, Derrick Henry, I saw something the other day, you sent it to me, I think, where someone said the reasons Derrick Henry's already a Hall of Famer. Preposterous. He's not. I'm sorry. He's tremendous. He needs a couple more years like this. Not necessarily 2,000 yards, but really dominating to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. Unless, unless... He can run Tennessee to a Super Bowl. That's, can, that's what got Terrell Davis in was the two Super Bowls, dominating for two or three years and getting to two rings. That got Terrell Davis in. Jamal Lewis has more rushing yards than Terrell Davis for his career. Chris Johnson has more rushing yards than Terrell Davis for his career. Neither of those guys are in, and quite honestly, I don't know if they're going to get in. Yeah, they probably won't. Probably not. They don't have the accomplishments when it comes to the postseason to do it. Terrell Davis not only played two Super Bowls, played really well in two Super Bowls, and all the postseason games he played in was part of a team that almost went 16-0 for Denver. Had 2,000 yards. Killed it his other year. He almost ran for 2,000. This guy dominated for two or three seasons and won two rings. That's why he got it. So unless Henry goes out this year and and, and helps Tennessee or next year or the year after and helps Tennessee run to a Super Bowl, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame just yet. But he has a talent, too. And if he is that outlier player that can do this for six, seven, eight, nine years – which is only a few in a generation, you're going to see him climb up the boards. You're going to see really, really, really special numbers by the time this guy's done. He's already been in the league for five years. He's only had three above average to outstanding seasons. He's going to need that ring. Because it if he doesn't get it, then it's about his numbers. And we see what the numbers are about. It's why Jamal Lewis isn't in. It's why Chris Johnson's not in. It's why I I don't I know Eric Dickerson is in. I just don't know how long it took him to get in. But it's why a lot of players don't get in is because do you have the rings? Doesn't Dickerson have a ring? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he has a yeah, ring. Yeah, that's why then. Yeah, but I I'm pretty sure he wasn't a first ballot. But my point is. If you don't have those numbers, 
in the case of, of, of Chris Johnson, Jamal Lewis, and name your other ones, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, your, your super talented running backs that had tremendous years, if you don't get that ring, it just won't boost you enough to get in the, the Hall of Fame. And Derrick Henry is going to need that, especially since he's been in the league for five years already. Uh, he's mid-20s still, I believe, mid to late-20s. Probably like 26, I believe. Derrick Henry? Yeah, I think he's like 26, yeah. 27. The, the wheels are going to fall off very quickly for him if he doesn't capture that ring as soon as he can. And we'll get into that later in the, uh, in, in, in the uh, bonus episode for our playoff predictions. But it's going to be a real tough hill to climb if he does not at least make a Super Bowl to really bolster his uh, his career. Derrick Henry just turned 27. Just turned 27. I don't want to say he's got three years left, but... Well, three years like this. Three years like this? And you could, you could play longer. I mean, we'll see. You never know. He could drop off next year. I hope not. He's, he's really, really, really entertaining to watch. I really enjoy watching Derrick 1,100 Henry. 1,100 yards? Unless, of course... Uh, I don't enjoy eleven thousand yards because if you had if you if he if he get, give him six thousand yards for three seasons put some just under twelve thousand yards. Uh, like I was like I was saying, I don't enjoy watching him when uh, when he's playing my fantasy team necessarily, but uh, I haven't had him on it yet. I don't really want to give him that drinks because every time I get a player like him, like LT was a hot, was was mowing it down, and the first time I got the first overall pick, I took Ladainian Tomlinson. That was uh, that was it for him, so I don't want to jinx Mister. First time I get Mr. Saquon Henry. Barkley, yeah. First time you get Saquon, but it's only Saquon's third year, so we'll you know we can kind of just chat that up to the whole you know just Ben being bad luck thing. So head coaches, we got we got we got three more teams after this Sunday that need them, uh, and that's not even including if the Eagles decide to move on. We got uh, Jaguars fired Doug Marone after five years. He went twenty three and forty three. Uh, looked to, I don't know, anybody with any kind of football sense three years ago during the AFC Championship game that this guy knew what he was doing. The team knew what they were doing. They had a dominant, and I mean dominant, defense. Right. And then I don't know what the hell happened, but between him and the ownership, they decided to trade away every piece of talent they had on defense, essentially, with the exception of Miles Jack. And I don't want to hear Josh Allen because they just drafted him. They couldn't trade him yet. Uh, didn't want to pay anybody. Didn't didn't want to you know, actually they would rather have uh, jersey sales than than wins I guess. So although that, that actually doesn't even make sense because if they had those guys they probably won a few more games. But either way they decided to move on from him. Finally, uh, he has not been good. Uh, the Chargers surprisingly to me very surprisingly fired Anthony Lynn. He was thirty three and thirty one in four seasons. Uh, it, we'll get to him more. That's a head scratcher to me. I, I don't get that one. Uh, I think one everybody saw coming, and that boy, I mean everybody, was Adam Gase getting the axe as the coach of the New York Jets, 9-23. and 23. I wish you had the uh, numbers from Miami and just put them together. Uh, it's not much better than this, honestly. He sucked in Miami also. Uh, he's There supposedly rumors that he's going to come to New England and join Bill Belichick's I, coaching staff. I hate that idea. Oh, dear God, I hope not. Um, but I guarantee you one thing. I am consistent. 
And if he acts the same way in New England, he acted in Miami and New York, I will be on him regardless of what uniform uh, the team he coaches has on. Uh, this, of course, on top of Houston, Atlanta, and Detroit also having vacancies. Uh, which, I mean, look. I think we need to get to Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we're not surprised by Marone. We're surprised it took longer than it did. Uh, Gase should have been fired after about three minutes into the first quarter of his first game last season. Uh, the one that really, really surprised me is Anthony Lynn. Uh, you, what, what do you have on that? Because that, that's that's a head scratch to me. I don't get that one, man. I don't get that one at all. Like his all-world safety for two out of his three seasons that he's he's been in the league has been out. And, and we need to give credit to what Derwin James is. He is fully healthy, the best safety. You saw the difference in the defense. I think it was it was their first um his first season, which would have been Anthony Lynn's second season. I think they made the playoffs. It would have been. I think they were twelve and four. I think it was Philip Rivers' uh, uh, second to last season. Yeah. Like Derwin James was the reason why that defense played above anybody's but, uh, Hayward. And and you, you obviously you have Watt and. Uh, Melvin Ingram, you have a lot of pieces to go Bosa. with that. Bosa. Bosa, sorry, not Watt. I get him confused. You know that. I was trying to avoid the I do, thing. but it's an audio podcast, and they can't read your mind, so you have to kind of say it if you know you messed up. Thank you. I'm just, I'm just perplexed because the kid, Justin Herbert, came out and, and set the world on fire. Had a, it was awesome. Awesome. Pretty, pretty good rookie season. You still have Mike Williams for all his faults as far as catching and staying healthy. Keenan Allen, still top-level wide receiver. Hunter Henry, you'll see what you do with him uh, in in free agency, but he's still a very good pass catcher. Uh, Austin Eckler, you sign him to extension. you got some other talented players on offense. I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know how you get any better than uh, Anthony Lynn. And if your what you put here is true, Jason Garrett, that's not an improvement. That's a regression. Because I don't know if Jason Garrett can run a team. Because you get you get you always have that thought in your head. If you're a team and you're interviewing Jason Garrett, your thought in your head is, who ran the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Hey, he still kept them out of the playoffs this year. And he did. He did. Great job, Jason. Great job. But I just don't – I wouldn't have belief in Jason Garrett. You better have a better plan than Anthony uh, – if you're going to fire Anthony Lynn. I think that team was on the rise. It's in a tough division. You have the Raiders who are up and down, but they're pretty – they have a lot of talent. You have the Denver Broncos, who we think are up on the upswing, and they're still working through um, their quarterback situation. And obviously, you play in the same division with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are by far the top of the NFL right now. It's a tough division. But you can definitely make the playoffs with Anthony Lynn next year, having Justin Herbert another season, maybe a full offseason, a real offseason, not this pretend that they had this past season. Add some pieces. You're, I don't think their cap situation is horrible. 
still have talent on both sides of the field. Maybe you get Derwin James back, and now your defense is elite. I just don't. I can't wrap my head around Anthony Lynn being fired. You better, you better do something big. Yeah, this, this man, I can't tell you how foolish it seems to me. You got a guy who the team clearly had no problem respecting. You didn't have anybody mouthing off. You didn't have any, you know, malcontents on that team that were causing problems. What you had was a turnover at quarterback, and you had, like you said, your your defensive star. Nick Bosa also, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, Joey Bosa. Yeah, Nick's in San Fran. Uh, Joey Bosa. Uh, and and um, you just said Derwin James. Bosa yeah. and James, you're cl- two clear best defensive players. And, you know, James isn't playing. Bosa was in and out a little bit um, toward the end of the season. You lost so many close games with a rookie quarterback. And a system he was still learning. I mean, dude, they beat they beat they started the season beating the Bengals by by three. Then they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime, twenty three to twenty. And wasn't that Justin's first game? That was Justin's first game in, and he had to practice all. Hadn't week. practiced. Didn't know he was starting until they'd already marched on the field because the doctor had punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. Didn't even know until they were already on the field for pregame warm-ups. So he didn't take any first-team reps. He goes out there and damn near beats the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions. Okay, almost doesn't count, whatever, I get it. But still, impressive debut. Loses by five to Carolina. Loses by a touchdown to Tampa Bay with, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time with an onslaught of weapons at his disposal. They should have won that game because they were up big on Tampa and that defense let them down, not the offense. Uh, Lost in overtime to perennial Super Bowl favorite New Orleans Saints by three. Uh, beat the Jaguars, but who didn't on one team? Uh, lost by one to Denver. Lost by five to Las Vegas. Oh, I didn't call them Oakland. That's the first. Nice job. Uh, eight to a, a surging Dolphins team who was really hot at that time. They beat the Jets. Lost to the Bills. Got smoked by the Patriots in a rare, a rare good Patriot showing this year. And then they won four in a row to close out the season. So you, I don't know what I don't know what to say. With with all the turnover and all the things that are changing there, and Keenan Allen being your only consistent receiver, uh, Mike Williams, who's just I mean he's an enigma. I've seen that guy make some of the most incredible catches on the field you'll ever see, and then he drops a three yard slant route. It's 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 it's, it's, it's he's the Manny Ramirez of wide receivers. And then he'll be out for a week or two. Yeah, he's the Manny Ramirez of wide receivers. Like Manny will make the most crazy off the wall catch. And he'll drop a routine fly ball. Well, he would when he played. But I mean, it's it makes no sense to me. You have a guy, and Anthony Lynn, respected by his team. The team was heading in the right direction. You didn't win any championships to Phillip Rivers. You knew you were moving on. You knew there'd be turnover, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna let Anthony Lynn go. To according to reports, bring in Jason Garrett. And who says that if they it, who says that if they didn't decide. In the preseason, and I know there wasn't really any preseason, to say, okay, as much as it's going to sting for Tyra Taylor, we're going to start Justin Herbert. Game one. Now, maybe they lose the Bengals. Maybe they don't. But then that gets them ready for the Kansas City game. And maybe there's a little – but, you know, there's a back and forth there because now maybe there's tape on Justin Herbert. Right, right. So it's a back and forth. 
but I I think I think what the Chargers organization should have done is look Anthony Anthony. We like what we like what the happened at the end of the season. We saw progress. We see Derwin James coming back. This is this has got to be his year because this is this is um I think this is uh fifth year option. Yeah, it will be. This is year number four going into year number four. Yeah, picked up. So uh, if they pick it up, then you know it, all everything's on the, on the table for him. But. It's it's Bosa's coming in on a, a a contract extension at some point. You got other players who are feeling the the heat in in, in not San Diego, not San Diego, Los Angeles. Almost almost said it. And I just think that you got to tell them, hey, we're gonna start, we're gonna go with you this year, but we want to see that movement continue into next year, even with. The Kansas City Chiefs being Kansas City Chiefs. The Las Vegas Raiders on the on the rise. And the Denver Broncos having uh, having the weapons that they have and possibly the quarterback that they want. Even with all that, we still have faith that you are putting together a team that has the potential to make some noise in the playoffs. And if it happens like this year's Atlanta Falcons, where Okay, we went in with um, Quinn, and what was it, week five, week six, that they uh, bounced him? Yeah, I think so. I think somewhere around there. And then you do it then, and 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 and, and your Chargers are zero and four, zero and five. It's like okay, well, Anthony, you gave it a good run. We gave you a five, four plus seasons, um, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. We're going to go in another direction. And then they start fresh in um, Justin Herbert's third season with a new off, uh, new new offense, new head coach. I just think it would have done justice. Uh, yeah. Uh. I will caveat this. And we're going to go down the list of some uh, potential candidates of all the teams. There are a couple on there that I would say, okay, I'm all for it. Because they have an offensive mindset, but if it's Jason Garrett, I feel bad for Justin Herbert. Well, Anthony Lynn needs another shot. Oh yeah, being head coach, and I, I, I you know, I have. I'm not going to say it because I know you're going to run through your list, and I have the perfect team in mind for him. Okay, and it's it's beyond a perfect fit in my in my mind. This guy didn't get a fair shake. You went twelve and four, and then because Philip Rivers is the least clutch of the high high stat number quarterbacks ever, uh, he he didn't get anywhere in the playoffs because Rivers, you know, the minute the game's on the line, the guy just folds like origami. Uh, last year there was a lot of injuries, uh, it, it, you know, um, and there was a holdout with his number one running back yeah. going into the season. Uh, this year you have a new new quarterback. Uh, Keenan Allen, who's healthy, who's who's tremendous, one of the tops in the league without a doubt. Uh, Hunter Henry, talented, but you don't know what you're going to get with him from an injury standpoint. He has had some injury issues. Uh, you said Mike Williams, same, talented, but when he catches the ball, he's talented. When he's on the field, he's talented, but he's just way too inconsistent with both of those things. And there's so much turnover, and they were still so close in so many games. 
And I know it doesn't count in, in victories, but when you have a, a young team with a lot of key guys, like you're starting running back and you're one of your best defenders, definitely the leader of your secondary in Derwin James, not playing. He lost his best corner. Uh, what was it Hayward? Uh, Casey Hayward. Yeah. Uh, for I, I don't know if it was the whole season, but it was at least a stretch of the season. And they were still hanging in games. This guy had this team. This team believed in him. This is the opposite of what we talked about earlier in the show with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson has lost that team. They don't want to play for him. They don't respect him. And people can say whatever they want. That's just my opinion. This was the exact opposite with Anthony Lynn. These guys wanted to play for him. They respected him. Anthony Lynn is going to do like what Ron Rivera did. He's going to go to a bad team that is going to have a great coach fall in their lap. And you're going to see him turn them around. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff contender next year, the team that I think Lynn's going to go to. But, man, he will do them some good. This guy got a raw into the deal. And it would serve the Chargers right, letting him go and bringing in a schmuck like Jason Garrett. And then watch uh, Justin Herbert's development. It, it, it's going to take a hit. Because right. Lynn was the right guy for that team. Uh, you're right about uh, and this case here. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. So we have um. So ESPN, I'll give I'll give him credit. ESPN had this little thing on their website. Choose a, a potential head coach, a candidate, and pick a team. And and the experts gave it a grade. Um, it was already preset and all that. I said, you know what? I'll just pull the names, um, and we'll we'll maybe we'll dive into a couple of them, but not all. So we have, uh, obviously, a, a gentleman I've sp- spoken about many times last offseason, this season. I will speak about him again this offseason until he gets a job. It is the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy. That's guy, funny. You've been, you've been touting an offensive coordinator, and I've been touting a defensive coordinator. I know. So, But it, it's the same thing, both of them. Yeah. And, and I just... I don't know why he didn't get a job this this past offseason. This offseason, Houston is a great location for him, other than the fact that they don't have draft picks. And I think Jacksonville is a great location for him. And possibly the Chargers. I just like the <laughs> versatility of the fact that he helped groom. And I'm not going to give him all the credit, but he gets a lot of a, a good chunk of credit for grooming and developing Patrick Mahomes. Would you would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think any good player that comes along and develops is because of, of good coaching. I mean, it's, it's obviously Mahomes' talent as well, but you have to mix those two for it to work. And that's why I think Houston, Houston specifically, uh, because the talent of Deshaun Watson is, is similar to Patrick Mahomes. And I think Jacksonville, no doubt, will take Trevor Lawrence if he goes. Um, you can see a lot of, of the offensive of mindset that, that Eric Bieniemy can bring to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think one, one coach that would be able to save Justin Herbert would be Eric Bieniemy Because he would, you know, instead of having Nathan Lynn, which I'm not okay with, but this would be one of the coaches, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that's done and over with now, so, yeah. yeah. But this would be one of the coaches that would be saying, all right, all right, you're going to transition to Eric Bieniemy. I can see 
the offense rise up a little bit. You just got to make sure someone comes in and runs that defense. Um, the number two person on the list is your favorite. Yeah, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Dude, Biennemi and Sala, like those, both of those guys. If, if those, I look, I, I'm not a, a, a conspiracy theorist by any means. If those two guys don't both have head coaching jobs, maybe they're not the first two candidates, but if they don't have two, if they're not two of the first, then there's some kind of conspiracy against them. It, it's absurd. What Salah has done with that injury-plagued defense in San Francisco, look, they didn't win a lot of games. It's not because of the defense. No. It's because you know half their offense was also injured, and they you know just couldn't score points. They had some decent games, but didn't really do it. That defense still came together. Players believe in this guy. They respect this guy. And he needs a job. Oh, he has a job, but, you know, he and he's cool. He's cool with not getting one. He said, if the worst thing that happens to me is I come back as a San Francisco defensive coordinator, I'm okay with that. He's he's smart. He's not he's not going to – he's not going to look like a whiner or a crybaby. He's not, first of all. But he's not going to make himself look bad. He's going to say, okay, well, okay. You consider me great. If not, I'm happy here. It's a smart guy covering his bases. That's the kind of guy you need to lead your team yeah. to be a head coach. So, uh, yeah, that's that's. I'm a huge fan of that guy. I think whoever gets him is getting a a hell of a talent and a guy who'll probably be the coach of that team for a long time. Any any particular location uh, of these teams of the six that need a coach? Uh, well, you can make it seven. No, we want to go official. We don't want. To, we don't want. To, we don't want rumor and, and and BS. We want. We want the the real facts. Like okay. facts are these six teams need a coach. Facts are Robert Sala is going to be a candidate. So we want to stay consistent. Because uh, honestly, if I was Sala, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't go near the Eagles only because of the cap situation. Yeah. Uh, if I were him, I'd love Houston. Yeah. I'd love Houston. Uh, I think you could you could keep JJ Watt too. I, I, yeah, I think I think Watt would stay. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. But if you have a guy like Salah who can who can run a team the way he probably is able to do, Watt would stay for that. I, I believe you could have him finish finish his career there. I think the enemy is perfect, perfect, absolutely perfect. And and in, in LA with the Chargers, grooming Justin Herbert like he did Patrick Mahomes. That's a great fit. I think Salah down there in Houston. I don't know if I want any of these other four teams. I wouldn't want to touch the Jaguars. Right. I wouldn't want to touch. They've proven, even if they have talent, they don't want to pay. They don't want to keep it. They disassembled the team. If you're a coach, why are you going to deal with that? The owner's already said he's going to have final say on a lot of decisions. You're going to have to have a, guy, have a guy coming in to coach who already knows when it comes down to key situations. He's just going to have some rich dude telling him what to do. And that's fine. It's, it's you know, it's Shad Khan's money if that's what he wants to do. But... I mean, you're not going to win any games. You promised people a difference when you came, when, when you came down there and, and, and you know bought the team, and all you have is more of the same, if not worse, besides one year of the playoffs, and then you disassembled everything because you didn't want to pay anybody. So I wouldn't touch Jacksonville. Uh, I just go ahead and say it. Uh, Anthony Lynn's a perfect fit for the New York Jets. You think so? Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. He's already proved he can groom a young quarterback. They're going to get. 
probably Justin Fields if Justin, if uh, Trevor Lawrence does declare it and ends up in Jacksonville. They're going to get Fields. There's been rumors they may pick somebody else. He's the perfect guy. I don't see any. I don't. I don't. I, don't see I think that's a whole right. lot of talk. I think they, they they take Justin Fields. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Um. Although I think if they don't, if they get a great offer for that two pick, I think you can bring in Anthony Lynn and he can help Sam Darnold. I think he can do it. They have talent on defense. That Makai Becton kid is going to be an anchor of the offensive line for a long time. He's a monster. He is. He is. He is a monster. He's two people in one. I'm convinced oh, it's two people. He's not. He's not one man. They have some complimentary pieces at receiver. They're going to need a little bit more, I think. Running back is you know he had some kids that came up this year. You know Ty Johnson kid looked okay. I'm not sure if he's a starter or not, but they were pretty inconsistent back there. Right. I mean, there's a lot of rebuilding to do on this team. Obviously, you don't go two and fourteen when you ha- if you have a team full of studs, but they have some pieces. And uh, I think Anthony Lynn's the perfect fit for the New York Jets. And I don't normally, like you said, we don't like retreads. We like to see new guys get opportunity. Yeah. A guy like Anthony Lynn, who should not have been fired, is like Ron Rivera last year. Yeah. I had no problem with the, with Washington going. Yeah, we we want Rivera. Yeah. We're not we're not looking for anybody new. We know what Rivera can do. He's our guy. And look what happened. You get Anthony Lynn in there? I mean, I jo- I'm not saying this as a joke. I think the Jets are at least a five or six win team. It's possible. And you go from two to five or six in a rebuilding process, that's really good. It's progress. It's absolutely progress. As long as the ownership stops talking about trading away talent and just lets the coach coach. Especially if Sam Darnold makes progress. Well, if they, if they I think I think Sam Darnold's out of there if they pick up. Yeah. I mean, they, they, honestly, I think they can get something for him. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, they could. They I could. really do. Yeah, I know he'll never end up in the Patriots because they won't trade him to the Patriots. But quite honestly, if the Patriots didn't draft a quarterback and they went out and they said, "Hey, we're going to give Sam Darnold a shot," I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be pissed at it. Not my first choice, but I'd be like, "It's a young guy who could develop." Like Adam Gase wasn't the guy for him. It's not like they're on a dating show. <laughs> so, so here's a couple other names to throw at you. One of them is a retread, Josh McDaniels. And then we got uh, Byron Leftwich, which kind of dates us now because we watched. We watched Byron Byron Leftwich get drafted. Never mind play. Um, Greg Roman, offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Oh, um, Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator for the Bucs. Matt Eberflus, who was hired by. Josh McDaniels, when he was hired as the off, uh, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, to be the defensive coordinator for the Colts, and has been since uh, Matt, uh, Frank Wright's been the head coach. Uh, Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator for the Bills, and Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Titans. Anything jumps out at you um, on that list? Honestly, no. I think the only thing that really jumped out was the three we discussed. Yeah. I, th- I think Lynn's perfect for the Jets. I think... Uh, um, uh, oh God, just for his name, Sala is perfect in Houston, and I, I think uh, the enemy is absolutely perfect with Justin Herbert in LA. Uh, besides that, uh, I think those are the most uh, LA and Houston because of the quarterback situation and because there is some talent that's not right at the end of their rope are the two most appealing because you're not you're not starting at something from scratch. You have cornerstones you have a guy like Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert you have defensive pieces 
need some help, but you can do it. And a guy like Lynn with a young with a young team like the Jets would be perfect. Besides that, I I don't know, man. If I would look, <laughs> if the Jaguars want to pay Urban Meyer twelve million dollars a year to come out and coach their team, that's I'm, just. I'm an- going to give you two cents on that. In, in oh, I know. That's another situation where the Jaguars could actually do something good for their team. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence and then give him a college coach. How do you ruin a career before it starts? You hire Urban Meyer. If they were smart, and the Jaguars have to prove this still, I don't mean to be mean here. I'm really not trying to, you know, because obviously Shad Khan's a freaking multi-billionaire. Dude knows what he's doing in business. But as far as football goes, he's proved he really doesn't know crap. Because he took a star-studded defense, and they just tore it apart because they didn't want to pay anybody. Right. And I know I've said that about six times already, but I can't stress this enough. That had the makings of one of the more dominant defenses of a generation, and they were like, no, nah, we're going to trade all these pieces away. And then use those draft picks to bring in players and trade them away. It doesn't make any sense. If I was a coach, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Now, if you're going to pay me $12 million and I'm Urban Meyer, I'm all over it. But you shouldn't. It's not going to help you. You need to convince someone like Eric Bieniemy, who can coach a young quarterback, to come down to Jacksonville. Good luck with that. Now that the LA job's on the table, even even Houston. I mean, I was Bieniemy. I go to Houston too. He can turn around that offense, no problem. But I, I I don't know. I like nobody else really clicks. You know, you compare the the the, the play the uh, coach yeah. to the team. There's no other matchup where I go, oh, it's perfect. The three I mentioned, I, th- I think, or well, you mentioned one. The other two I mentioned, I thought yeah. were, but no, nothing for me where it's like, oh, it's a perfect fit. Neither, none of them. None of them, the, between Roman, Roman, Everflus, Dayball, and Smith, none of them really jump out at me. And they're they're going to get, some of them are going to get jobs. Sure. Someone's going to take Atlanta, someone's going to take Detroit, and someone's going to take Jacksonville. And I feel bad for all three of them. Because they're going to start off um, way, way behind. Byron Leftwich. If I were him, I would try to find the best spot. And maybe that's what Eric Bieniemy has been trying to do. He's trying to find the best spot. And that's why he hasn't quite taken a job or hasn't quite gotten a job. If I'm Leftwich, I, I had one season with, with Jameis Winston. Uh, which was successful and not successful at the same time. And now I've had one season with Tom Brady. And maybe you can ride that into a head coaching job, but I don't know if he's – I know he had one year as the OC in Arizona. I don't remember who the quarterback was. This was before uh, Rosen uh, experiment. With Carson Palmer, right? Was it Carson? Would have been Carson it Palmer, might have yeah. Been Carson. yeah, right. It was it was Arians last year. And yeah, it was Carson Palmer, Palmer, yeah. Carson Palmer. And then he's had two seasons. So it basically has been with Bruce Arians. I just might look for the best spot. And maybe if you can get Houston, or maybe you can go to Jacks uh not Jacksonville, uh, the LA Chargers. I don't know. If I'm Byron, I might wait a year still. Oh, if I were him, I'd wait a year. I, you just, See, I just think he might need a little bit more time to kind of get a little bit more uh, maturity as far as coaching. I think a guy like Leftwich would do really good if the Eagles do move on 
oh, yeah. from Peterson to go to Philly. He's a young, he's a younger guy. Oh yeah, who can relate to all the young talent around him, and can help develop those offensive players. Again, I don't think you're. It's not that a Robert Sala or a Bianami wouldn't do good with the Eagles. It's that they're going to have all the options. If 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 any of these six teams were not interested in either of those guys, they'd be yeah. foolish. Oh yeah, and I know the whole Sala from Detroit thing. Detroit's been in a rebuild since Barry Sanders left. Yeah, and then they got Calvin Johnson and decided to chase him away too because they couldn't build a team that won. Oh, then they had Matthew Stafford, who. Granted, is not a generational talent at quarterback, but he's a very, very good player who, with a competent, you know, management team and a competent owner, absolutely should have some playoff wins under his belt. I mean, this is a poorly my pick for the worst run franchise ever. If you go back in the arc, you go back in our archives of episodes. Ben picked the Philadelphia 76ers. I picked the Detroit Lions. They've been a dumpster fire at picking players at draft picks and keeping talent. For the better part of three decades now, so if I'm if I'm Robert Sala, you know hometown loyalty be damned. I'm heading to Houston. <laughs> Sorry. I, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And well, I just want to make sure the Sexers are still on that board of, of potentially being the worst franchise, especially what they did this offseason. We won't go into that, but we're still we're still neck and neck on that. I think I feel. I think this offseason, you could pull ahead with your pick. You're going worst franchises of all time. The 76ers have been to NBA Finals. Detroit Lions have never seen a Super Bowl. So I understand. We we made our cases already before. I just think this offseason, I I might be willing to cede, depending on who they take for their head coach and what they do with stuff. <laughs> They're going to pick up Adam Gase and uh, Bill O'Brien's going to be the new GM. And if that is the case, Chris, I cede to you on. All right. Well, let's move on. We got some uh, calling some some quick hits here. Sure. And we're gonna get out of here. We're running a little bit long, and we got a uh, playoff episode to record as well. So we're gonna we're gonna get that done. Uh, it, you know, we're just gonna read these off, sure. and we just give a little bit of a take, and then move on. Sure. Like we don't need to go long form. Uh, looks like Cam Newton and the Patriots are gonna part ways. Um, that's a reports as of Sunday morning. Yeah. Both sides have come out and said we don't know. Cam is uncertain if he would accept a backup role, uh, and I think the Patriots should pray that Josh McDaniels gets another job and moves on. That's my take. I agree that Cam's in the Cam and Patriots will move on yeah. amicably. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him to start. I really don't. And a backup role, he might have to take it. He didn't. He didn't prove much this uh, no. this year. It would not be the worst thing if the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots was someone different next year. And I not it can't be it cannot be Adam Gase. No. Uh, um yeah. Um no I, I you know I think Cam had one year in New England. I think he's done. Uh, I love Cam the human being, the person. I'm rooting for him as a person, but as a player, he's not the guy. Uh he like you said he may have to accept a backup role. It may not be a choice. Uh, or he could always wait and see if someone gets hurt to start the year next year and then maybe try to, you know, get in there. Uh, and McDaniels takes, look, any other place he's gone besides New England, he's been terrible. Yeah. Uh, and he has made nothing but questionable calls and not helped develop any talent since Tom Brady, yeah. who was already a star when, when McDaniels took over. So 
that Yanos does not take enough blame for this offense struggling. It's time to move on to a new offensive coordinator. Gonna have a new quarterback. So we'll that's that needs to that that's how that needs to be because I can't I can't take any more third and five one yard runs up the middle. The Browns supposedly, okay, uh, this is before they made the playoffs. This was a report are not high on picking up Baker Mayfield's fifth year option. It may just straight up move on from him. What do you think about that? I think it would be a mistake to project what Baker Mayfield will be off of this one game coming up. Uh, the, the playoff game. Yeah. I think you, if you're the organization, if this report, so this report comes out before they make the playoffs. Okay. This one game can't make that decision though. Now, if he makes a run and I mean, AFC championship, Super Bowl run, then we have a different discussion. But if he goes out and narrowly beats the Steelers and then gets to, gets beat by whoever, um, probably be the Bills or it could be the Titans. If that happens, I'm still reevaluating the whole process. If I don't pick up his fifth-year option, if I don't have plans of doing that, I trade him before that date comes. So now that team that I traded him to has that option. Here's the thing. The Browns are going to do one of two things. They're either going to – well, it could be more than one of two, but two logical things. If I'm them, I decline his fifth-year option. I go to him ahead of time and I say, look, either you're going to perform this year and we're going to want to sign you to a massive extension or you're not and we're going to go our separate ways. That that's just how it's gonna go. There's not gonna be any two or three year little piddly contracts in between where we see if we have it. You're either the guy or you're not. He has I've been hard on him in the past. When his show first started, I was on Baker constantly. Look, he's not perfect, but he's made progress. There's he's made better throws. He's made better decisions without Odell Beckham Jr., without that star receiver he has to throw to to keep happy when he can just spread the ball around. He's been fine. Yeah, he lost that game to the Jets. Okay, and yeah, they should have won that game because they should have run the ball, but that's also not all his call. That's on Kevin Stefanski, also the head coach. I don't move on from him. Mm-hmm. He's the best quarterback they've had on that team since the franchise reintroduced itself by far. He still has potential. He's only in his third year. This guy is not he's, – he's still got ways to go. Um not ways to go, but he still has a lot to learn that he can learn and can develop. So I don't move on from him. I think this report is total nonsense. I think this is just something that somebody hooked up. I don't think it's real. I don't think the Browns are going to move on from him. But uh, this is more of a fun fact than uh actual question. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers had more touchdown passes this year than punts. Wow. Wow. And that's including even like being way ahead in games and not even necessarily trying as hard as you could to score, they still got more, more touchdowns than punts. Our passes, never mind rushes, which is just incredible. And John Elway is giving up his GM role to take a, quote, elevated role with the team. Now, why do I <laughs> quote that? Because I guarantee you that was ownership coming to Elway and saying, look, we can't, you're John Elway. You're Broncos royalty. We can't fire you but you suck at the GM job. 
Well, did the 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 Texas Rangers ever officially fire Nolan Ryan? No. Was it the Rangers or the Astros? No, it was the Rangers. Yeah. No, this is this is them saying, "Hey, look, you're gonna get to sit in the skybox every Sunday with the suit on next to the owner, and look really important. You have to be a special advisor." Quote. But you have no more say with this team. But they can't fire him. He's Broncos royalty. So, like, <laughs> they did all they could do because their fan base would revolt if they fired John Elway, even though they don't want him to be GM. So it's, they can bring somebody else in to be the GM and say you have an elevated role, quote. It's an interesting dichotomy there. It's like, we want him removed, but we're going to be at the gates if you remove him. It's like, eh. So they'll probably pay him 100 k a year to sit in the skybox on Sunday and watch games with the owner. Uh, it's not too bad. And so I'll, if he doesn't want to do it, I'll take that job. So, all right, that's it, except for the Banker Tank wrap-up for the year. Yeah. This past week, the season finale, I had already wrapped up the season. You know, I, I couldn't lose even if I didn't play. Proud of you. Uh, ben and I were both I, – I, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Pretty proud of me too. No sarcasm at all. Yeah, no, I, I didn't sense any. Uh, four and two. I was four and two. And Tammy was two and four. Ben finished with a record of 41 and 49. I finished with the opposite, 49 and 41. Almost broke that 50 mark. We'll have to do that next year. And Tammy ended up 32 and 39. So, again, by percentage points, I think Ben came in last. So, maybe Tammy will be my co-host when we do Banker Tank next season. Oh, great. Uh, awesome. Just, just nudge me out of my own segment. I didn't do it. She did it. It's not her fault you're being so damn good. That's not, that's not you know. If you don't like it, beat her. That's fair. All right. Anything else? You good? Um, I'll say. All right. We're gonna we're gonna push end on this one and probably get some uh, get a drink of water or something and and start recording our playoff predictions episode. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna that's gonna be a good one because Ben and I can sit here and talk about playoffs all day. Playoffs. Talking about playoffs. There you go. I was waiting for you to game. do it and queuing it up for you. Talking about playoffs. Put it on a tee and you're just like walking up there staring at it. That is going to do it for episode 111. We appreciate everybody listening. Whether it's your first time, you've been listening for a long time, we greatly appreciate the support. If you have any questions or comments on this episode or past episodes, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website bctspod.com. If you enjoy the show, we'd ask, really appreciate, leave a rating and a review, tell a friend, help us spread the word. But until Friday's bonus playoff episode, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here Friday. Thank you. <laughs>